All right, let's do the clap sync. Okay, okay, clap sync. Same, same right. as last time. Same as last time, ready? Okay. See, now, right. I, see, now I'm trying to bring my hands up to the wires. <laughs> this is even more ridiculous Shut up. now. I'm like hunched over. All right, rip. Okay. One, two, three. That was a pretty good clap. I think that time we got it. Okay. All okay. Right, let's do it. I'm just going to take a drink of water, and then I'm going to read the intro. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm good. Still hear me? Still I can got me? still hear you. We're still recording. We're good. Perfect. All right, let's go. Honey, I shrunk my career. It's probably what Alexander Payne is thinking three years after diving into a world where everyone stands five inches tall. That's right. This week, we watched Downsizing. Roll the intro, Rip. pretty cool little 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 piece you added there i like that yeah yeah all right welcome back everyone to another episode of screenwriters the show where my co-host rip and i try to make awful movies just a little bit better yes we're writing the wrongs of bad movies as always i'm chaps let's get things going rip how the hell are you i'm good chaps how are you bud uh not too bad not too bad it's a good little sunday rainy here uh i got out for some brunch today oh i got a full belly it's great big big brunch guy love brunch gotta love brunch man what'd you get you're not uh i i had the french toast today i went out for the french toast i, I knew you're, that's so like, weird I, I knew you were gonna say french toast before you even said like french toast you, it's like when you want dessert for breakfast but still breakfast <laughs> <laughs> so you get french toast so i tried to make french toast um a couple days ago we did like a little breakfast for dinner and uh i haven't made french toast in like years and I'm a big fan of breakfast for dinner. If I, if I, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyways, back to my, uh, my little, my little venture here making French toast. Um, I made it with rye bread, first of all. Oh, interesting. So don't do that because the bread is, is long. <laughs> it's a long piece of bread, right? So I'm cracking my eggs <laughs> into my bowl and I'm trying to dip the bread into the bowl. And you can't do it, right? It, no, it was a, a complete mess. The whole thing is just no split one... down the middle. No one has an oblong-shaped bowl to fit. Yeah. It, was, it was awful. You need, like, a specific bowl made for that. And I was, like, all stoked. You know, like, I cracked my eggs. I, uh, I whisked my eggs, threw a little bit you of whisk. cinnamon in there, you know, a little bit of vanilla extract, and then mushy bread. <laughs> so, so long story do? short, uh, don't use rye, rye bread for French toast. Did you eat it? No. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I just I gave would up. You, well, I well, gave up when I had a bowl having? of cereal. <laughs> oh, that's fair. As every grown adult would do after failing to make French toast. Yeah, so you know that's that's what happens, I guess, when when oh, I'm left to fend for myself. I love it. I love it. Um, new new for me recently. Uh, I've started wearing a side bag. Do you, you do you have you what, seen these? What's a Kinda side like, bag? Like well, a messenger bag? To, no, 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 no. It's supposed to be like a fanny pack. Except you don't wear it like a fanny pack. You wear it crossbody. But it goes over your shoulder? Yeah, yeah. it goes over your shoulder. You know, you, you put all, I have my mask in it, you know, so it's all, like, my, all my little stuff. <laughs> like what Alan I'm, wore a, I'm not hangover. a pockets guy anymore. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But it's not, it's not a satchel. It's not what Indiana Jones wears. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it would be. <laughs> um, I'm all, I also want to pair how, a canteen how big is with it. it. How big oh, it's is not it? Bad. It's like, it's about like this. Like it fits my new camera that I bought. Okay. You so bought a camera, a camera too. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're a camera guy now. Yeah, I'm. I am both a saddle. No, I'm sorry. Not. Um, I'm both a side bag and camera guy, all at the same time. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think you mentioned you had a, a couple of corrections from last week's episode, didn't you, Rip? Yeah. So, um, you know, every once in a while, I put my foot in my mouth and uh, say a bunch of stuff I don't actually mean, and because uh, my well, co-host is do. is such a good co-host. Um, He's always sure to edit out what I'm actually saying. No, just kidding. It's, it's a very, very poor joke. Because don't, don't worry. I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, yeah. So every once in a while, you know, I got to correct the record. So I had, uh, what I got, you got? I got four bullet points here that I'd like to go over. Um, okay. I'm just like, I have none. Like I probably, maybe I should, like, I feel bad that I don't have any corrections. Like, am I doing it wrong? Like, no, do I, I need that, to re- no, no, it means you're doing it right. <laughs> well, Yeah. Maybe I'm not being critical enough of myself. Yeah, that's true. You, there's and trust me, there's a lot to work on. 
Exhibit right, A, the, the side bet. <laughs> Fair enough. Hit uh, me yeah. with the first point. So bullet number one is, I want, I want to talk about my, uh, my friend Tom Hanks. Okay, T. Hanks. I, I said I'm a little over Tom Hanks, and I do want to expand on that because I am Struck a little me. over Tom Hanks. You caught me off guard with that one. I wasn't expecting you to say you were over Tom Hanks, to be honest. So, so let me start by saying Tom Hanks was one of my favorite actors. You know, he'd be my go-to guy that I'd say, um, you know, someone would ask me, who's your favorite actor? And because I'm too embarrassed to admit it's actually Ben Stiller, I'd say it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> Isn't so, your favorite actor Nick Cage? Well, Ben Stiller's who I say when I'm too embarrassed to admit that Nick Cage is my favorite actor. <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> That's fair. I get it. Uh, I get it. Anyway, uh, I mean, yeah. Th- so there's there's no denying that Tom Hanks is great. Okay, okay it's just fair. the movie he the movies he does lately. There's there's no appeal anymore, for me anyway. And and again, this is all prefaced with this is based on my opinion. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't even know what the last movie I saw him in. Maybe, maybe it was I, the Post. I think I know what you're getting at with this. Like, does Tom Hanks have the big name uh, hype behind it anymore? No, he absolutely does, I think. I just think that he's not... Oh, okay. He doesn't do movies that I like to watch. Like, Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I got that. Like, no, I wasn't at the theater, you know, like, lining up to see Hologram for a King. Like, I really love Willem Dafoe, but I'm not going to watch The Lighthouse. Like, yeah, there you go, right? And, and you know what? Maybe I will watch I'm sure it's great. I'm sure I'm it's sure amazing. It great. I, will, I will get to it one day, but, like, I'm not going to go see that. <laughs> No, and and you know what? Like, I was excited for the post because I am into those kind of movies. Like, all the presidents met is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know they're not covering the same events, but it's the same structure, right? Right. But the post right. for me was just it was such a letdown, especially yeah. comparing it to that movie. Anyway, that's 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 my that's my fair. take that, on Tom Hanks. T, that's your T Hanks binge or yeah. rant. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's one. That's number one. Correct. That's number one. That's number one. Rip actually is a fan of T uh, T Hanks. <laughs> Number two is Black Widow. Oh, okay. Here, here we go. Hit me. So I feel like I shit on Black Widow a lot uh, last episode, and that's that's not really fair, because my lack of excitement for the movie does not reflect whether or not it'll be a good movie. Because it will be a good movie, because Marvel's doing it, and Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney pours billions of dollars into their stupid movies. So, so what what the audience can't see right now is that Mickey has a gun <laughs> to Rip's head. <laughs> I'm going to have to make of another one of these segments next episode uh, just for calling Disney stupid. <laughs> Wait till we get to I... the movie making segment. <laughs> Love it. Foreshadowing. Um, All right. So that's number so, two. No, no, no. Because I'm, I'm not done with this. Okay. Oh, oh sorry. My just, bad. just very quickly, what I wanted to mention was um, I feel like almost maybe my lack of excitement for this movie is just I'm, I'm kind of like over the whole like female spy lead thing. Like it seems like a trope that's kind of overdone. Like we did it with Angelina Jolie, right? We did it with. I don't know. Um, Jennifer Lawrence did it a bit too. Like, did you see Red Sparrow? Yeah, I saw Red Sparrow, but I did, think it's did you different. like it? I don't know. I, I, it was a weird movie. I think. I don't know. I don't Maybe really like that's, that's kind of like what I'm expecting from this movie anyway, and like that's not really like my cup of tea. Like maybe it's it's that mixed with you know the whole Marvel esque theme to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think I'm just marbled out. Like I said last episode, I just I just figured you know I should expand on that a little more because I don't want to shit on. On a movie I haven't seen yet, I mean, and I, I did it. enjoy, I did enjoy Captain Marvel too. I'm, I think I really am just marveled out. You enjoyed Captain Marvel? I'm interested. I I, I want to unpack that a little bit more. I don't know, but it, it was it what was it was. I, I also like Jude Law, movie. and I like seeing Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law, yeah. Well, and Brie Larson's not bad either. Brie Larson good, is good. Like, I feel like she did a really good job with what she was given. It's just, it's just hard like to bring a character like that to life because they're so op. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. Plus, there's no, I, I there's no like, tension. Yeah, the way There's she was no written humanity. too. You know, she was kind of written to be like like stiff, but I don't know. You mm-hmm. can be you can be stiff and still have like a personality. And I feel like that's not a reflection of her acting. I feel like that's just what they gave her. You yeah, know? that's the writing. That's where they took the character. That's where yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay, that's good. Number three. All right. Number three. Uh, Meet the Morgans. Not a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, when you said that, I was like, I've never seen that. I, I don't know what he's talking about. Is he talking about We're the Millers? Is he talking about like? some other movie or meet the parents like what's he on about right now i have no idea so i almost don't want to correct the record on this one because it was a quality troll and that our 10 listeners uh, big math guy probably googled meet the morgans which isn't a real movie however i, I want googled you to google it. have you heard about the morgans which is the movie i was referencing which is a god-awful movie oh so this movie actually exists you just got the this, title wrong this movie does exist yes um, <clears throat> okay. it's All so right. bad that i didn't remember what the title of it was so for our adoring public, if they want to go back and watch the movie that Rip was so fond of Hugh, Hugh Grant in, if I do remember. 
you should uh, you should definitely watch uh have you heard about the more games it's it's a great movie have you met ted can you edit that to in- improve the sarcasm in my my voice there because <laughs> i can't do i don't know if it no came across <laughs> all right no, okay. number four number four and this is the last one um salt lake city utah you guys are great okay i just want to say you're known for so much more than just <laughs> holding the 2002 winter olympics if, where if canada won the gold medal point I wanted to bring this up at the movie making bit <laughs> because I was like, that's all you said about Salt Lake City, Utah. Wait till I'm sure you see what I have. They probably have other stuff too than just, oh, just the gonna, Olympics. I, you might be in for a wild surprise once we get to my movie making bit. I'm excited for Utah facts. So hit me with Utah facts. Yeah, I will be hitting you with Utah facts. All right. Uh, that concludes um, my apology tour. Uh, I don't expect to do this again for at least another two episodes. So back to you, Chops. Alrighty. Awesome. Now that we got that out of the way, we can just probably jump right into movie news. So I think you, you said you had a couple of uh, things you want to talk about movie news-wise. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, uh, we got Scorsese in the news for uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is to begin production in February 2021. We so got uh, So we got Leo and we got De Niro set to clash in this. Ooh, so interesting. It's based on, like that are, are you familiar with this at all? No, I, I have no background knowledge on this. Okay, cool, cool, this, cool. This so, is actually news to me. Okay, cool. Well, this is uh, it's based on true events. So the project features uh, Leo and Robert De Niro, whose characters will likely find themselves opposite sides of a mysterious series of murders among oil-rich Native Americans from the Os... Oh, no, I'm going to butcher this. Osage? Uh-huh. Osage Nation? Uh, I apologize you- in advance because I'm sure I butchered that. But uh, it seems pretty cool. And, and you know what? I actually... I'm really excited to talk about this movie because this is something that I would like to see Tom Hanks in. <laughs> <laughs> rather than who rather than, rather De, Niro. than De Niro. Rather than that De Niro. That would be interesting. I you know what? We do deserve a Tom Hanks Leo team up again. Like I, uh, catch me they if haven't you can. worked what together. Than, yeah, movies? they haven't worked together since that film, so I think I think we're due time for Tom Hanks and Leo to start mixing it up again. Yeah. Give the screenwriters what they want. That that's exactly. us by the way. And <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, that's all that I got. Like an, I'm definitely down to go see that movie. I think I'll probably end up seeing it. Hopefully by then when it comes out, uh, the world is better off, I hope. I, I hope. It's also Scorsese. And I mean, I didn't that's love true. The Irishman. Neither did I. It's so I'm, so long, I'm hoping man. Yeah, I'm hoping this is a good one. This is a banger. All right. I, I, I pulled a couple of headlines myself. First one that I, I want to talk to you about, which <laughs> the reason why I found this funny. So Netflix released a new movie called Project Power which is kind of like a superhero team-up movie. It's okay. got, it stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, among other people. But it seems kind of interesting. But <laughs> when I stumbled upon this bit of news, I just read the headline. I was like, yeah, that's all I need to know. So this is a headline from Vanity Fair. Netflix's Project Power puts a pretty good idea to waste. Ouch. <laughs> right. Pretty scathing <laughs> right off the top. I didn't really go uh, into detail about what that article was about. I, I was like, okay, if if it's bad, I I'm just gonna move on. I mean, Next it's good up, to I see uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt back in back in movies. Yeah, it's though. not bad. Yeah, how, what's the last time you saw him in something? Um, I saw Premium Rush because I hate myself. Is that <laughs> the, that? the, that's fix, the, the is that the Fixie movie? That's the the bicycle movie. Yeah, yeah, the bike. Yeah, I love that movie. It's great. It's so <laughs> dumb. It, that honestly, we should put that on our list to do. That is a good one to add to this. Well, I don't know, because maybe there's a lot of people like you who actually really enjoyed the movie, in which case... The only problem is that it wasn't a... The only problem is it wasn't a movie that had a good premise. It just sucked. How do you... I don't know how you improve that movie. Um, Put them on... (laughs) Put them on rollerblades instead. Let's let's watch that. (laughs) Except it's the same movie, except it's set in the 80s at a a roller gardens. Oh, I love it. Sign me up. Uh, Next up, I, I saw... This is something I saw like at the earlier on in the week on like Monday. I was browsing Twitter, and Blockbuster randomly tweeted for the first time since 2014, and it just said, "Is it just checking in?" With like a waving emoji, and I was like, "That's really <laughs> ominous and weird." And then I think back. like five hours, yeah. Then I think five hours later, they tweeted, "We've had enough," and then like I have left the Twitterverse again. Just bailed out. What that led me to is that they've the last blockbuster in the world or whatever i think it's somewhere in the states i can't remember where i think it was featured in captain marvel briefly 
But they turned it into a eight, uh, sorry, a '90s movie watching dream. It's an Airbnb that you can like rent out, and like it's all set up like a '90s rec room. And they got those classic like VCR rewinders and stuff like that. It's really that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, hmm. how about that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I was really hoping it'd be. Yeah, me too. I was really hoping you were gonna give me something more ominous. Like, um, yeah, you know, they're back in uh, back in the the Twitterverse with ominous warnings. Uh, the next day, Netflix headquarters was burned to the ground. <laughs> in other news blockbusters back <laughs> uh i was also reading on vanity fair this is an article that i was like why is this of interest they had like a whole feature on how uh, they shot seth rogan's beard in the american pickle it's a great beard so apparently so apparently Seth Rogen, he, he, he just is against fake beards. He, he believes that they will never work ever. And that's what he says. And he, and I agree, like I've seen some fake beards and whatnot and like, they just don't look good on camera. So he was like, I'm going to always have the, the right facial hair. So he essentially in doing this, like has made the team shoot the movie twice in its entirety, because in the American pickle, he plays two characters, like a young version of himself and like an old version. So yep. he had to reshoot every scene where like if his beard was different lengths because he wanted it to all be natural i like it and that yeah. you know what that's the, <laughs> the balls on him to do that considering uh who was he telling he did in um a podcast interview with i think uh, mark maron and he basically yeah. said he he didn't even feel like he could do the movie you know what i mean doing both parts uh saying the pressure was kind of getting to him but yeah i mean i guess he made himself uh nice and comfortable demanding <laughs> beard as far shots as- as far as um, movies with one actor playing two people goes, like what are, what are your favorites? Uh, obviously, Norbit with Eddie Murphy. Okay, uh, I, I thought say, you were going to say Social say Network. Jack, Jack and Jill is a. Uh, oh my god, how did I forget about the, <laughs> I yeah, the I was, Winkle I vibe? Like, yeah, I knew. I know that you love the Winkle vibe. <laughs> if you want to stand on my shoulders and call yourself tall, you have every right to do so. <laughs> Cameron Winkleboss, my last name is spelled the same as. <laughs> as my brothers my favorite is i'm six 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 two twenty and there's two of me that's a great one yeah. that whole movie i'm i love that movie by the way okay we're, we're getting yeah. off topic I, yeah, I, off could, topic I could talk about this movie all day like it is one of uh, my all-time favorites the last thing i had for movie news is that apparently mcgruber's coming back did you see this there's a trailer out and everything i haven't watched it yet but mcgruber's coming back in the form of a series the news, the news sounds familiar. I don't know much more other than I think just a headline I probably read on Reddit. But uh, that's great because the movie is hilarious. That the whole opening, like, <laughs> what is the whole opening montage where he has to put together a crew? Yeah, that that great. bit is all time. I haven't I haven't seen that I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, so it's probably due for a rewatch. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That that movie is great. Um, I have one last piece of news. If you wanna wanna jump into this, it's a it's a little game that we can do. Oh, I like games. So Let's I have uh, <laughs> I have Forbes Big top grossing actors of uh, 2020. Would you like oh, to okay. wager a guess at? Um, I'm gonna go let's, with. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's do top sorry. three. But if you get anyone else in the top ten, I'll let you know. You want me to guess the top three? Guess the top. So you three. want me to? You want me to guess the top three actors? Okay, so I'm gonna lock in number one with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's, that's a, a bit of a that's a bit of a gimme. Like, yeah, bit of a gimme. Who would be after him? Like, since then I just don't know. I don't know like who else is like popular. It's probably got to be some like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, I do not see Robbie Robert Downey Jr. on here, hmm. which is actually surprising. Um, because how many I'm guesses sure... do I get? <laughs> I mean, you get infinite guesses. Oh, so this is gonna okay. So our podcast is now a list guessing game. <laughs> I'm actually All just right. going to torture you by never telling you. Okay, so well then, if if Dwayne, if The Rock is number one, I honestly have no idea who's going to be number two. Like, I don't even know who's like a popular actor anymore. Ryan Reynolds is number two. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I get that. So, are they doing this based on like how much their movies make? Well, it's his top grossing actors of 2020. So I'm assuming it is, yeah, probably or like movies. from other other businesses and to and stuff as well that they have you know what i didn't really read the uh the article i just looked at the list which i'm sure i think nobody nobody's gonna hold that against me i well we're not journalists so we're not going in depth (laughs) on this i've just been reading the headlines as well i want to throw a couple names at you though just just okay okay okay, so what's number three 
So, so first of all, The Rock, 87.5 million. Ryan Reynolds, number two, 71.5 million. Number three is one of our, <laughs> one of our favorite actors for all the wrong reasons. Um, I'm going to list a restaurant and you tell me if you can guess him. Are you ready? Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh God. It's uh, Ben Affleck's little brother, Casey Affleck. <laughs> No, it's not, but that would have been great. What do you, you mean? Know? It's why would Casey Affleck be number three? That whole well the whole well why would you say Dunkin' Donuts then? Who Mark Wahlberg. It? Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well because Casey Affleck's in that great Dunkin' Donuts bit on yeah. I think it was like an SNL skit or something. It is like an that. SNL skit. If you haven't seen that, look that up. That is it's absolutely all time. Moving on. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. We're gonna jump into downsizing so just to remind the folks out there how the show works rip and i look at these movies or sorry we watch these movies and then we try to offer up a couple ideas on how we'd make them better over a couple of different categories the cast the story uh i believe we've added score to the list film we've, we're, we're kind of expanding it and growing it as we as we go on but first let me give you the uh rotten tomatoes synopsis of this movie when scientists discover how to shrink humans to five inches tall as a solution to overpopulation, Paul, played by Matt Damon, and his wife Audrey, Kristen Wiig, decide to abandon their stressed lives in order to get small and move to a new downsized community, a choice that triggers life-changing adventures. So, <laughs> right off the top, again, we're, we're, we're coming at it the, uh, with a movie has a really cool premise. Like, I, I got excited about things like this because I was a huge fan of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when I was little. So, like, the idea of people shrinking, and Ant-Man, like, Ant-Man does it so well, it's like, it's, there's a real big world of possibilities when it comes to a movie like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was thinking, even in a sense of just, I don't know, something miniature interacting with the rest of the world, like, how much did you love Toy Soldiers growing up? Like, that's a great movie. Yeah, that's so true. Or, uh, what was the other one? Indian in the Cupboard? Was that Oh, yeah, when they put the, yeah, that's a Disney movie, when he he puts the toys in the cupboard and they all magically come to life, like the figurines and stuff. Yeah, right? Uh, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, very, uh, I don't know, strong potential for that premise, just didn't work out as planned. Yeah. So the director of this movie is Alexander Payne. He's done work on The Descendants and About Schmidt. I believe he's also won Oscars, right, Rip? Uh, yeah, he has. Um, hand, but... Let's see. I think for Sideways, uh, Nebraska and The Descendants. Yes. The Descendants is the only one I really know because it has George Clooney in it. I don't think I've even seen it. Uh, Alexander Payne was also a writer on this. He worked with a guy named Jim Taylor. Jim Taylor the third. if you look him up on IMDb, <laughs> his name shows up in brackets three. He's not actually the third. It's pretty funny. Who oh. uh, co-wrote Jurassic Park and uh, Chuck and Larry. The cast consists of Matt Damon, Hong Chow, Kristen Wiig, Jason Sudeikis, Christoph Waltz, and a man named Udo Kier who plays Conrad. This movie's released in 2017 with a budget of 68 to 76 million. The numbers, I couldn't really find uh, solid numbers on that one. And do you know the box, box, uh, sorry, box office returns on this one? Uh, do you want to take I, a wild I, guess at, I wrote at down, how much it made? I think I do know because I wrote down $24 million. I'm assuming that's domestic. I think that's what it made domestic, but it, it, it made $55 million total, which is, yeah, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not good for it's, a Damon movie. That's no, true. But we'll, uh, we'll so get into that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get, oh, oh, yes. So this movie is rated uh, 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the critic score. And the audience gives this movie uh, 23%. So <clears throat> no one likes it. <laughs> it's just not a good movie. I actually uh, think Metacritic was a little more kind to it, but uh, I'd like to get your, your thoughts yeah, yeah, on, save, on, save, on the yeah, review save, at the end. So, okay. Save the, the number for the end. But let's uh, look at this list of like other movies that come out in 2017. You have... Oscar winner Shape of Water, yeah, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Lady Bird, Get Out, Wonder Woman, Thor Ragnarok, Star Wars Last Jedi, Blade Runner 2049, Logan, Guardians 2. 2017 was a really good year for like yeah, awesome that's, movies. That's a lot like, to compete with. A lot of fun movies, like really good movies in general. The so, worst part is I feel like this movie could contend with any of those had it uh, done uh, something. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> had well, it done something. Again, um, we'll get into that. <laughs> So basically, let's let's give a b- brief recap of like what goes on in this movie. So Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig play a married couple, and they're kind of just living the American life where they're they don't have all the money in the world. They also don't have enough money. Like it's one of those just like kind of middle income family families, and they go back to a high school reunion where they run into their friend Jason Sudeikis, who got small. And when you get small, your assets grow. So now he's a millionaire, but 
he's five inches tall. So that's kind of what this movie centers around. Uh, Matt Damon and his wife decide to get small. She then bails on him and doesn't do it after he already does it, which is like really sad. Uh, from there, Matt Damon meets a couple of people that he goes on this, these adventures with. So he meets uh, Christoph Waltz's character, who plays Dusan in this movie, who's his neighbor living lavishly in this like bachelor pad. He meets uh, Nok Lan, who is this Vietnamese uh, political activist who like survived uh, being downsized against her will, and then like survived this journey to like the states because this movie covers like human trafficking, kind of, but not really. Like it says it's there but then doesn't talk about it ever again and you're like whoa that's weird why didn't you talk about that <laughs> so basically this is just a long story of of matt damon finding love again i think because that's what it really ends on doesn't it uh, i i mean i guess i i don't really know yeah it's well, yeah, it's a he, lot of movies mixed into one <laughs> that that is one of my biggest uh watching notes as well like there's a lot going on in this movie there's like a couple of different subplots happening and like you think it's going ways and then it just doesn't I mean, when I was watching this movie, very early on, I came up with, like, a new idea for it. And then as the movie progressed, I was like, oh, no, like, is it going where I think? Because I hadn't seen this movie until I watched it this week. And I was like, oh, no, is it going where I where, where my idea was going? And I thought they were going to do what I, I had come up with. And I was like, oh, well, now I'll have to rethink something else. But it never did. It, but it had all of these, like, telltale signs that it was going to. Yeah, uh, that's basically it. That's the recap of the movie, yeah. Matt Damon and his wife get small. Well, his wife doesn't join him. He gets small. And then he's living this life as a five-inch tall man, trying to help people, only making things worse, yada, yada, yada. It's one of the, like, I feel like this director, Alexander Payne, just does these kind of movies where it's like, this is a bit of life. And it's like, nothing ever really happens. It just, there it is. This is, this is it. Except so, the premise here is really fun. I, like, I was kind of curious shrinking. just how this, how this movie materialized. Um, I did a little bit of digging, just, I don't know on reddit other like kind of movie boards and uh it seems to me like he pitched matt damon with this movie like full-on knowing i guess matt damon is very passionate about the environment other green issues so i i mean it seems like he sold damon on this so that's one of the things that i find most interesting about this movie is that it does have this um like good message lingering in the background that it never fully like talks about like the idea that the world is overpopulated and like an idea to save it is this new process of downsizing. But then they never really touch on like how it, if it's going to work, like, you know, it's just sort of like they say that's why to do it. And then it goes away. Yeah. So l let me, let me start with some general thoughts on the movie before we get yeah, into, yeah, give me your, yeah, give me your into the story, thoughts. because we're, we're yes. pretty much going down the path of, of everything I've written for story. So if you want me to have um, <laughs> any, <laughs> any comments at all on this about? movie, we should probably get into it now. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, give me your opening thoughts on this on this film. Uh, so first of all, my opening thoughts: this movie isn't awful. It's it's very very bad. <laughs> but there's, did you, I feel did like you say some, it isn't awful. I said it's I said it's not. Awful, yeah, yeah, I would agree. But it is. It's, it's very bad. very very bad. It's like one tick above awful in my opinion. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like maybe that's just saved because Christoph Waltz's character in this is is, is a bit of a comedic relief. Um, well, so Christoph Waltz's character is the most in, one of the most interesting characters to be in this this movie. We'll get to him later. Yeah. So I don't know. I have to think. Maybe instead of this movie being a feature, do you think it would work better as either a short film or uh, even as a TV show if they were going to yeah. go this route? Because because we keep saying you know it feels like there's a bunch of different scripts. You know, I don't know that there's a lot scanned into one movie somehow. There's a I don't lot know, going I don't on know in if, here. Uh, well, somebody's because, assistant was pissed off or or what happened yeah. there but i think I as, as a tv show it would i think it would work better to go in, yeah, in you, the direction they want to go you know where you kind of touch on characters you touch on major like global issues you can work mm -hmm. all of that in, in in a even a short series maybe yeah i i think i agree more with the series i think that's an interesting route for this kind of story because yeah you're right there's this movie has too much going on that's like if you want do you want to jump into like the main points of it or do you have any other like pre-notes before we no, those are just some general thoughts I have. Um, yeah, you know, we can we can tackle the rest as we go along, category to category. It's just something to think about, you know, because I, I my first instinct was this reminds me a lot of um, that Al Gore documentary. Uh, what is it? In, in Inconvenient Truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I guess the reception of that, which was I don't know, a bunch of people calling other people doomers for for saying the end of the world is coming, 
And instead right. of, of making a difference, you know, you got a lot of backlash over it, which is what I feel like this movie did. Like this movie didn't make me want to go out and plant trees. It made me want to turn off my TV. <laughs> that, so that's that's what I was getting at earlier. Yeah, that, like it has this really good message of like that we need to do something to save the earth, but it's pretty unbearable to watch. It's just like, it's, I, it's I very, just don't care about the, I don't care about any of the characters. I don't like nothing keeps me motivated in this movie. Like every once in a while, I, I wrote these notes. Um what I what I call them they were kind of just like my my watching notes and I kept saying things like oh this movie has a great message but it's not going anywhere it's not recovering it and then I would write something like oh I'm actually I'm kind of starting to like this movie like maybe oh never mind and then they you know what I mean like yeah they'd, that, start, they'd slowly get to a place where I'm like yeah I could be okay with this and then they just pull it all away again yeah so, like, so based on what you're saying I, I mean if you want to move into story here because you're, you're actually, you're touching on a lot of points that, uh, that I found that basically made it not awful for me because I had some fun with certain scenes, you know, um, watching that game and trip out on ecstasy. That's always fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was a good time. <laughs> All right. Let's um, jump into I, the story I, then. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I don't, I don't mind. I'll kick it off. So, um, my biggest takeaway from this is that you're basically dealing with two movies in one which I don't think is a spicy take. I feel like, I don't know, if you read any review anywhere, they're going to say the same thing, right? Yeah. So I think what you can do here is you have two options. So my option one is, um, you know, you start off, you're looking at the struggling working class America, like you said, uh, and we have an interesting solution here. You know, poor middle working blue collar Joes, you know, in the Midwest or the Southwest. I don't, I don't know American states too well, so I'm not sure yeah. where Oklahoma or Omaha is. Um, you have a chance for these people to, to live like the lavish lifestyle that they see on TV, right? So your first option is, you know, you explore this through Matt Damon and his relationship with his family, his friends, um, you know, his mother who's sick. You're catching another glimpse, I guess, of, you know, how do you deal with, with struggling, um, I guess, medical bills and, and whatnot in the States. Um, this all kind of piles up and you get this midlife crisis that he's going through. So... To me, this isn't the greatest path. You know, it's been done a million times in movies. We've seen it, but it still makes for an interesting, like, movie compared to what we got, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what I'd like to see more of is is this further, um, I guess, explored in the sense that, you know, I want to see more Kristen Wiig. Like, she's awesome. I want to see the toll that is um, experienced through Matt Damon by shrinking and his wife not shrinking. Like, why is there not more dynamic between the two of them? And I know I harp on dynamic all the time, but... You're a big fan of dynamic, but <laughs> I, I love where you're going with that because I picture, I picture what I'm picturing now is just marriage story, except, um, except, uh, what's his face? Adam driver gets shrunk. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the movie. I'd watch <laughs> the hell out of that movie. So would I, I, I think that would be amazing. That would be such a great film. Like, like but yeah, I dealing with this that, divorce, right? dealing with this divorce when like your, your wife is like now a monster to you like she could just step on you and ruin everything like you know what i mean like there's gotta <laughs> going, be some weird power dynamics in that right yeah they're going to couples therapy right and and he they close the door before tiny. Damon can run away but he just goes under the door and he's i don't want to listen to it anymore <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they have a tiny door for him yeah i think that's a, a much more interesting movie where you know we get to explore kristen wiggin matt damon's relationship and how this this you know her kind of bitching out on him yeah yeah where, where does sure. that leave, I, where does that leave the family it's true. It's such a like it, it is such an interesting thing that they kind of just like, well, that happened and then moving right along. Like, you know, right. Like, and they, they never... I feel like they sold her a lot in this movie and I didn't see her outside. Yeah, the first, she like, was 20 minutes. It's one of those things where because she's a big name, she gets like the, all the marketing material then like isn't even in the movie. And you're like, OK, that's weird. But so, I so, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say that point plays pretty well into like what my first point about the story is that simplify you got to simplify this thing there's a lot going on in this movie and there's so much going on in the background that just seems way more interesting to me so there's this like there's a segment where like they're sitting in a bar and there's like this whole thing about like human trafficking on the news where like they're human trafficking people that they've downsized against their will like oh what's that about like that's really messed up that's really interesting yeah so that, that actually really plays into my option number two which i think is the way cooler movie um, okay, so, tell me. So yeah, so pursuing this this green option basically. So I think what you said, you know, you just have to go really grand scale on this, right? So you have mm -hmm. to take a deep dive into the societal and the cultural aspects of a world where people can now downsize. Like my only thing with this is, you know, you you probably don't 
get as big of an audience because it's going to get trickier because now you have to bring politics into this, right? Mm-hmm. But but screw it, you know, show me how other countries are handling this. Like this is a this is a major thing, you know, being able to yeah, shrink, it's huge. being able to shrink and, and people can't even deal with like, you know, abortion. You're going to tell me that people aren't going to protest people shrinking down to size. And, and we got glimpses of this too, because yeah. I, I wrote down a few, um, there's one scene where they're in the bar and the drunk guy comes over and he's yelling, you know, about civil rights. And he's like, do you think you deserve the same rights as me? Do you think that your vote should count as much as mine? Like I'm right. contributing to the economy. You're paying, you know, a fraction of the cost of what I am. I think that, that's a very interesting question. Yeah, there, there's tension in this movie that they just never explore. There's things in it that could make it a very good, like, like whoa, okay. They, like, they can shine light on so many different issues out there through this movie, but they and, just and, never go for it. And and they shrunk down um, Hong Chao's character as, as a punishment, right? So now yeah. let's explore that. Let's dive into some, some other countries, you know, and how they're handling um, like, a, like a revolution, right? So is it being weaponized? Like that's a whole nother interesting topic you can explore. I, what I thought, I thought this movie was going to become about the human trafficking of downsized people. I thought that everything in this movie was pointing that way. When he meets Dusan, when he meets Christoph Waltz's character for the first time, he's a little shady. Like Christoph Waltz comes off as a little shady. And then his friend Conrad and they're like, we have business in, in these other, these far flung places of the world. Like what business are you talking? And they never explain. They never explain what they do. And I'm like, these guys are human traffickers. Like, for sure, Matt Damon, you're caught up in some trouble. You need to stop them. Oh, they, they <laughs> like, move stuff for sure. Stuff's moving. Yeah. Well, cause, and then there's that part where, where they're on the boat, right? They're on the yacht. And then this other boat comes out of nowhere. But it's just the guy who invented the process. Everything in this movie was set up for that scene to be like they pull a person out and like bring them on board of the boat and like Christoph Waltz and like do and and Matt Damon get into it about something or other I don't know but you know what I, like that's kind of like what was getting set up for me that's that's what I thought too but just again no <laughs> so that 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 um leads me to my second point about the story uh I want Matt Damon to get caught up in some kind of trouble like I think his or at least his character should because I, I might recast him later on in the movie yeah, and, and the entire time, you know, you're you're hearing, oh, you know, nothing ever works out for Damon, right? Yeah, he always puts his foot in his mouth. He always screws up. Well, they don't seem like very big screw-ups. I mean, no, yeah, they he, don't. Got, he got downsized, but that wasn't his fault. His wife just yeah. decided this isn't for me. So what I had was, um, like, maybe, because he's an occupational therapist in this movie, right? So maybe he... Uh, like starts doing some work for like a mob boss or like some shady character then gets swept up into this like shady underworld of downsizing where I'm sure they're moving like diamonds and stuff like that in the background and there's probably like a whole big drug game and stuff like that that Matt Damon's character could fall into and like get caught up in and I I was thinking like maybe maybe Jason Sudeikis like plays like like he's in on it or it goes the other way where you do you basically just do Jason Bourne but he's small so he like infl- he has to infiltrate like Matt Damon has to now infiltrate all of these like shady characters in the world of the small people and like and Jason Sudeikis plays his his wild and loose contact. I I mean I love it. Let's uh <laughs> let's set it up. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Did you have any other uh, thoughts on story? No, I mean just to play off what you said about Jason Sudeikis, like I mean that that seems like such a better use of of his time as an actor because. <laughs> The way his his personality is in the movie, it's very Jason Sudeikis-y, right? It is. And what yeah. you just described isn't out of the question. Like, he can do not that just incorporate easily. that. Yeah, <laughs> we've incorporated like, think... how many other elements to this plot? Why not? If there, it, there was so much going on, just so much going on. I, I had one more thought on like what what else you could do for the story, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about like the hardworking class and stuff like that. I thought it might be um, interesting if they took it a different route and made the main character someone younger someone like our age who like we're living in a time where we're probably like it's going to be really hard to afford a house just because that's this that's that's life and so like what if the main character sent around like a young guy like a young adult like us and then like their motivation for downsizing is that holy shit now i can finally like actually buy a place and afford to like set down roots and stuff like that but then that younger person gets into like the the shady parts of it or something like that you just make it interesting do something different yeah for sure i mean just i don't know watching somebody i guess grow throughout your time as being as being small 
as opposed to watching yeah. a guy have a midlife crisis. You know, what was, um, yeah. what's his name? Babyface Ronnie? What, I don't know what his name yeah, is. Yeah, Ronnie, baby Ronnie or whatever. The <laughs> first child born. He the... looked like he had a lot of fun. You know, it's, what's, what's his deal? What's his story? There was a lot of just like random bits in this movie that just like, one of my favorite parts of this movie, <laughs> it's a grand display, I think, of like American laziness, stereotypical American laziness. When, when they're in the tunnel, and, and and so Matt Damon, at a point in this movie, he has a choice that so the person who who invented the process, this doctor who's from Norway, he's decided that downsizing isn't going to help save the world's population. Uh, and there's no like they've reached the the point of no return. So they've built like an underground world where the uh, downsized people can go and like live on for eight thousand years or something crazy like that to save humanity after it all goes to shit. It's a bunker. Matt Damon. Yeah, it's a bunker. It's a bunker. It's a bunker. Matt Matt Damon decides, hey, this is for me. This is what I got to do. He decides this in less than 24 hours. I think he meets them and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go with these guys. And like Knocklan is like all upset because they because they, they hooked up and they started to develop a relationship. So I, I would just like to point out this whole decision. I, I don't know if you remember this. I, I do again because I finished it about two hours before we started recording. This decision his little speech there literally sums up the entire movie in like 30 seconds. There's yeah. no point in watching the rest of the movie. All you have to do is just listen to that little speech where he describes exactly what happened to him and that all of these like <laughs> little coincidental like situations that he's found himself in. That's the reason why he's got to do this. It's a, it's a Ted, the Ted Mosby effect. I like to call it. Oh yeah. No, that's interesting. So he's, he's th- chasing so that- destiny. <laughs> After his big grand speech, so this is my favorite part of the movie in that, like, relation to American stereotypical laziness, they tell him it's going to take 11 hours to reach the bunker walking, and he immediately decides, no, this isn't for me, and turns around and, and runs out of there, and, like, back to his friends and back to Knock Len. I was just like, okay, that's perfect. That's, that's, and yeah. that, that scene also had my other favorite moment when they sealed off the tunnel. There's, like, that tiny little explosion, and, like, the piece of dirt just, like, slides in front of the door. I was like, that's funny. Like, that's an interesting, like, that's, that's fun. What, what a metaphor for this movie, yeah. Expect it to be a giant explosion and it's just this little firecracker that goes off. That That is a great metaphor for the movie. Right, you want to dive into some cast? Some yeah, casting uh, decisions, what could casting. we do differently? Um, Sure. So, I, I mean, casting was pretty hard for this movie because no matter who you cast for it, this movie's not being saved by that. Um, well, my my first thing on casting is that like I don't have many gripes with any of the actors in here, and that's what I mean. Like, how could you, right? There, there's example, a lot of big names and a lot of great talent in here, for sure. So, I mean, if you want to start with Matt Damon, we can start there. But there's not much to really he's, say, right? Like, he's he, particularly Matt Damony in this movie. He is a very passionate person, I guess, about the environment. I've seen like little bits on I don't know and, and other things where he's he's describing his passion for the environment and for any kind of green issue. Uh, I know you're not really an yeah. Entourage fan. But I do recommend looking up on YouTube, um, like Vinny Chase's interaction with Matt Damon, okay. because it is like a spitting image of this movie, and it's it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So you should definitely check that out. Okay, send me um, the links. Send me the link after this. I, so I, I will send it. you the link after this. So I don't know. My my thing with Matt Damon in this movie is basically nobody forced him to do this movie. He was fully on board. He knew what he was doing. It doesn't matter because he's still a star, right? He can make yeah. a million of these movies, and people are still going to go watch Born Supremacy Seven. It doesn't matter. This, he's this such role... an interesting actor to me. Like, he's got no range. <laughs> like, he's just says this. He's just, he's just got one one acting face. That's it. It's just he's got one thing. So it's not that he, I don't know. This this maybe movie... it's not range. Maybe it's not that. He's just he just no, he's no, always no. Matt Damon. I know what you mean. And and this role, the way they depicted it, it, it didn't seem like it really required much. But I would have liked to have seen it sort of reflect his um his role in We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. He was a lot more like believable in that movie. Like that was like one of my favorite Matt Damon performances. Like if you bring that Matt Damon into this movie, all right, I'm 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 what? knocking you up a tick from what really, is it? Really 20, bad 20 to seconds really of insane bad. courage. <laughs> I love that. I live my life on that line. But yeah, it's it's similar and it's it's not that different of a movie in the sense that, you know, he's grieving, right? He's grieving yeah. his wife's death and We Bought a Zoo. His wife's not dead in this, but he's he's still obviously she like bailed on him. Yeah, he's he's obviously very <laughs> sad at first and very pissed off. So huh. I, I think I think if they wrote it similar to that, it would have been a little better. I, I agree. I agree for the most part. I want to talk about Christoph Waltz though. Sure. I mentioned I, actually, I mentioned 
I mentioned a bit earlier that he, so he plays Dusan, who's this, he's just like, he seems like a, like an eccentric, eclectic millionaire type guy going on. And he lives this lavish lifestyle of like, he he seems a bit like um, Great Gatsby-ish, you know? Like he's throwing these wild parties and stuff like that, and he he when you see you meet him, and he comes off as a shady, not trustworthy character, you know. Like I get these vibes that maybe he was, like there was a version of this script where his character was a shadier character, and that's why it like comes off that way. Like I don't know if there was reshoots in this movie or not, but like because it really feels like him and this Conrad character are just like, uh, like like bad guys. They seem like villains. You see them on screen. I'm like, this guy's a villain. Like, or maybe, maybe, maybe I just screwed myself up by thinking of that idea beforehand. So I was just always waiting for them to become villains, and that's what I really wanted to see, though, is that <laughs> those two become villains because they they played it so well. So like, I had a thought for them if they were going to use Christoph Waltz in such a way. Like, if it becomes again like a Jason Bourne, like you have Christoph Waltz and Matt Damon playing like a cat and mouse game, except they're like downsized. You know, it'd be sick if they could go between downsized and regular size. Is this so where like... you're... Sorry, is this where you're going to tell me that you would replace Christoph Waltz with James Gandolfini? No, no, except, except Christoph Waltz stays in this movie. You know who I would replace, though? When I was talking about, um, when I was talking about the younger cast, this is my second point in casting. I would, I would cast a younger person, and I was thinking somebody like a Michael B. Jordan could bring a lot of energy to a role like this. Where, okay. especially if it's like that lavish lifestyle off the start, like... He's living this crazy lifestyle now. Like he was a, a young professional in the real and like the big world. Uh, probably lived in a shoebox apartment in New York because you know he's a, some kind of firm, whatever. Moves to downsize. Now he can live lavishly. He's got like a crazy mansion and stuff like that. And you you follow him go through that, and then he learns the dirty secrets of like the inner workings of the world and stuff like that. And then you teach him a life lesson. Probably that's that's how movies go, right? They everyone learns something in the end. Oh, yeah, you have to learn something. Like, for example, I learned that I really don't like this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually shocked that you found so much to say about Christoph Waltz because I, I don't know. The entire time I watched this movie, I just couldn't help but think he's just a plot device. Like, you yeah, could yeah, really he... put anybody in that role because he, he doesn't oh, yeah. really contribute anything other than just moving Matt Damon along throughout this world. I, I want to I challenge you there. I, I don't think you can put anyone else in this role because no one else is going to perform it with such like suaveness as Christoph Waltz. See, so you know? you're thinking suaveness. I actually, the one note I did put for Christoph Waltz was for comedic relief. I pitch you Jason Manzukis. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> but so, okay. So what happens when you get the two Jasons together then? Like what's the interactions between Manzukis and Sudeikis? <laughs> did you, did I think, you think about that? I think the movie just ends because you have nowhere else to go. <laughs> That's um, it. Matt, Matt Damon makes his big choice at the end, and then Jason Sudeikis and, and and Jason Manzukis meet each other, and they just like shake hands, cut to black. You know what? That's the movie I actually want to watch: is the Jasons just hanging out as Smalls in this movie, <laughs> as fucking smalls. shit up, <laughs> hanging out with single moms. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what they would be doing. You know it. Uh, Do did you have you any other... anything for um, Hong Chao? Because I actually have an interesting point. Uh, interesting. To no. Me. Okay, what do you got? Tell me, tell me what you got. Okay, so my biggest gripe with her character is uh, I'm I'm not really familiar with this actress outside of Watchmen. Okay, have you have you watched Watchmen? Like the new one, like on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently she's in I that. So haven't I'd, finished it. Yeah, so I'm not there yet where I've seen her. I just know that she's in it. Um, so I I can't really judge her as an actress herself. Like it's not her fault that her character was written, uh, in my opinion, very like one dimensionally. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. To me, you know, you can you can make like, I don't know, a strong, confident, like woman character, and have her be likable. Because, my God, like I I haven't hated a character this much in a movie, and I don't know how long. Well, what didn't you like about her? But uh, well, the way she's written, she's meant to to be kind of like a sassy like bitch, right? She's a bit abrasive, but like, I I I, I, I grew fond of her. Like by the end, I'm like, oh. Oh, Nachlan, like you got those zingers. Really? You know eh? I, mean? I, I don't know. Just the whole, maybe it was, maybe I'm just stuck in, in uh, the interactions, the earlier interactions with her and her and Matt Damon, but I couldn't help yeah. but think like, 
you know, here's like a very strong, like independent woman who, you know, she was shrunk by her government for being yeah. such a for being such a, a, a activist and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, why are you giving her this this sort of persona that that just why isn't the story just about her? Like, why aren't we seeing it from her angle? Like, and that too, but, rather but than you know, rather than Matt Damon's, you know. But you like, know what? Though? I don't even dislike her in a way that like I have to give the writers credit because it's very like lazy reasons for me to not like her where i'm thinking somebody like you know if you want your audience to not like somebody think of like peggy hill from king of the hill right like she's strong she's independent you know what i mean but you still can't stand her and the writers did such a good job making her that way that i feel yeah, like if that's the purpose. past yeah like, and they did yeah. it on purpose but i feel like if that's what they were almost going for that's the vibe that like, i got anyways with this with this character right. i don't know if that's what you got but i i, I wasn't picking that up i i i did wish that they didn't just introduce her as like a romance piece in this story like her character's journey is like really interesting and like it's a it's not it feels like they just brush it up shit just hold on (laughs) might have to cut that out hit the pop filter off the mic there but i feel like they just brush her her story under the rug like She's introduced, and then it just moves on really fast. It, it's definitely and, the much more interesting uh, story of the characters in this. I, I, would, I would agree with I that. I would say so. Did, did you have anything else in cast? Um, I, I only had the two points. I have a minor point about Kristen Wiig, because I would have actually have loved to have seen more Kristen Wiig in this movie. No, I, I totally agree on that one. And, 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 you know, it would be in the similar manner that we discussed already in the plot point. But um, I actually have a casting substitution, and I'm curious what you would think. All right, hit me. Despite me just saying that I would love to see more Kristen Wiig in this, I do think um, Rachel McAdams would have also been good for this role had we included her more in it. Yeah, there's no point in casting her thinking, if, if she's not in it more. No, no, no. And that's the thing. If you are, you know, going, I guess, the family dynamic mm-hmm. route, um, her performance in uh, About Time. Right. Yeah, yes. I've seen that movie. Yeah. I think that that's, I don't know, her performance in that could be very similar to what I would expect to see and uh and downsizing had they gone you know option one with more of a family dynamic That's fair. Uh, yeah i buy it i'm in i'm in on that nah, just something uh, to think it, about anyways that wraps up it, my it, points. Is, it is interesting that they just like did away with like that character like i would have liked to see more like like you said there's so many other options like at any point in time the movie could have picked to focus on the divorce or it could have picked to focus on this part or it could have picked to focus on that part and it'd been a much better movie if it did in my opinion did you have anything to talk about for like the film or like cinematography direction stuff like that um yeah i got a little bit of uh notes here for catch-all um it's kind of just touching on alexander payne i guess as a director what do you got uh, I'm not overly familiar with his work because I haven't seen Sideways Nebraska or The Descendants. Uh, however, I have seen one of his movies. And I'm curious if you've seen this too, actually. Um, the Election. I haven't seen that. Oh, wait. It's such a weird movie. This is the one with Matthew Broderick and uh, Reese Witherspoon and Oz Stryker from American Pie. I, I, I look at you call him by his character's name in American Pie. I have not seen that movie. Uh, you should definitely watch that. I actually own that movie on DVD, so maybe I'll mail it to you after You've this You've got podcast. a couple of movies you're supposed to mail to me. What's the the Linklater movie you need to mail to me? Oh, Everybody Wants Some. Yeah, yeah it's a really fun movie. So I haven't gotten a chance to see that. <laughs> uh, no, anyways, back to Alexander Payne. I mean, there's not much to really say. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen his movie, so I don't really know his directing yeah. style. I don't really think the directing was the issue with this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's fair. So we could move more into writing, I guess. Um, it seems like he almost specifically wrote this knowing that Damon would say yes <laughs> when he pitched him with it. So I don't know if he's just had a dream to to work with Matt Damon, but I don't know. I'm just I'm just gonna kind of leave that alone. I don't I don't know the behind the thought yeah. process and getting this movie made, so I don't think I can really comment on it. I think for me, one of my points is, is that like directional wise, like directing, like everyone just feels flat in this movie. Like the, it's just across the board. It's just like. I don't believe anybody. Maybe Christoph Waltz, he's good, but like everyone else, just I don't like their performances. Well, I mean, uh, if, if if we're gonna touch really briefly, I don't know if you wrote anything for writing, but in the same sense of, um, yeah, like like you just said, the characters are they're pretty one dimensional. There's not really any enthusiasm, excitement out of anybody. But what I would have liked to have seen, um, if we're writing, <clears throat> if we're writing this pathway. 
uh, is more character development, I guess, you know, because it is sort of Matt Damon dealing with his like internal struggles. Yeah. So I think of a movie um, like Walter Mitty. Have you seen that with, uh, with Ben Walter Stiller? Walter is a fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. And, you know, while we're on the point of, of our catch-all section, let's talk about the cinematography. Because for a movie that's supposed to be about the environment, holy shit, does this movie suck. Yeah. Like, I, there's there's nothing pretty to look at, especially one, outside of this, like, little compound, There's right? one good shot in this whole movie, and it's and it's the only time I ever got close to, like, the feeling of, um, of like, how cool Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was. There's a shot where they, like, pan up, and they, they're looking at, like, a leaf. And then, like, a mosquito lands on top of the leaf, and, like, you can see the mosquito through the leaf. And, like, everyone, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I get it, because they're small. But other than that, it... Yeah. It, everything's so, bright. Did you notice that? I I, I want to give them a point here, because I feel like they made everything brighter than it should have been. Because if you were, if you were okay. shrunk to five inches tall, everything might appear brighter to you. I don't know, because I'm not five <laughs> inches tall. But I think maybe that's why they did that. Because as a like, it, you get more sensory input and the light just, you know, I have no idea. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. I I can't really comment as someone who's over six feet. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It's a yeah. humble brag. Any any other thoughts on this movie? Um, I mean, a little bit of afterthought. I have, I have uh, an afterthought as well. What, what do you got? Sure, take it away. I, no, no, uh, you, you go ahead. Okay. I need to have a have a sip so of water. So I'm really interested in like, <laughs> like well, I think this could be a big big discussion. What? How? How did they make everything? Like. Like, how's plumbing work? Like, how did they do that? Like, how did they figure all that? Like, what's the infrastructure look like for a city of the small? Like, I'm just really curious. Like, like, is it still, like, are they making pipes and are they still as sturdy as, like, regular pipes? You know what I mean? Like, I have all these questions, like, how they're building this stuff. I just don't get it. That's I just don't get great. it logistically. I think that comes, that's really cool that you say it because I think that comes back to, like, if this was a TV show, you could see, like, a lot of cool little like aspects of the world like this right like how does that work that's what i mean i want to see those parts i want to see those little like 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 when they're making plywood like how, how does that look when they're making plywood because it's like tiny right it's like tiny plywood or like when they're like they're, they're using toothpicks are they are they using popsicle sticks to build structures like that's my re- that's my popsicle real question sticks, my because mistake that, yeah. now that's where downsizing can, can get interesting is how the how people who have been downsized can reuse the waste of big people so like popsicle sticks for instance, could become a building material, right? <laughs> One of my minor gripes about this movie was um, at the end when you catch this like supposed to be heartwarming scene with Matt Damon delivering food to a to an old yeah, gentleman, yeah, yeah. I guess, in in the slums, and he hands him a uh, takeout container. That's styrofoam, bro. This is supposed to be an right? environmentally friendly movie. Right? What are you doing? Huge mess. How do you Huge not catch mess. that? And like, how did they get the styrofoam that small? Like, like who's making that? Like, who thought, like, we're making a um, more sustainable community, but hold on, we need to get the styrofoam right. Like, I, I, I just, I don't understand either. Bro, <laughs> bro, come on. Oh, amazing. <laughs> All right, well, to quickly recap uh, downsizing, a couple of my top things that I would want to change about this movie is that I think Rip, you'd probably agree. We want to simplify it. Just please <laughs> pick a... Oh, it's so convoluted. Pick a storyline and stick to it. Um, for me, I would love to see uh, this idea of like younger people taking advantage of downsizing, and then maybe falling in with the wrong crowd and seeing what happens after that. Uh, number and my other big change, like a younger lead, I think more energy could have helped this movie a bit, or even Christoph Waltz as a villain. Uh, I would love to see that too. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess my afterthoughts are really just I don't know. Show me more of the the cultural or. Uh cultural or societal issues around the world right like how downsizing is affecting the population as a whole i think that's a way cooler movie and they gave you a glimpse of that with i guess norway in the beginning and uh i think they even mentioned istanbul as well like let me see that otherwise you know you, you're kind of stuck with what i guess to quote christoph waltz's character in this this weird cult like yeah, yeah. compound at the end yeah. of the movie right who are who are going to a going to a bunker so i don't know <sighs> Do a deeper dive into that. That's what I wanted to see. I agree. I agree. Alrighty. Um, moving on from that. All right. Let's uh, move right along to movie makeup. Now, Rip, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to? How do you want to do movie makeup this week? Um, you know, I think you went first last time, so I don't mind. Uh, 
I don't mind heading into it first. I don't have uh, handy the criteria that I gave you last week. So if you want to recap it for everyone out there. I actually wrote it down this time. Oh, perfect. I learned my Thank lesson you. and I wrote it down. I'm glad you're okay. prepared. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get better at this. <laughs> so Chaps gave me uh, the actors Don Cheadle and Josh Dad. The location is a day spa. And uh, the thing that we decided to go with was uh, a gag. Don is two dives away from scuba certification. Love it. So are you ready for this? Yes, I can't wait. Because I actually put a lot of thought into this. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm I'm so happy. I have a title too, but the title kind of gives away the story. So I'm going to save the title for last. Okay, okay, I'm in. So so this is a comedy. Love it. We, We are in a fictional world where the lost city of Atlantis has been discovered and turned into a hot tourist destination, probably by Disney. So, of course, you know, you can access this, this lost city of Atlantis, uh, tourist style, by um, what I like to call uh, mouse subs, which are Mickey Mouse's submarines <laughs> to get there. Wait, don't they have subs at Disneyland? Like, what are they actually called? Uh, probably mouse subs. I would hope so. <laughs> no, that's a, I have that's no a idea. huge miss. Um, despite this, uh, the greater part of, of Atlantis is enjoyed through scuba diving. So, we have Don Cheadle. You know, he's overworked. He's amped. He's ready to go to the lost city of Atlantis. He's so stoked that he's getting away from his busy life and he's vacationing at Disney. He's been taking scuba lessons and he is two dives away from getting scuba certificated. He's pumped. He's ready. So the big day finally comes. He's traveling down to Atlantis. He's in his Mickey Mouse sub. Yeah. He doesn't have his last two dives yet, but that's cool because he called ahead and he checked. You can get certified there. It's not a big deal. So he heads over to the underwater day spa. (laughs) This whole movie takes place underwater, by the way. So, I love it. You know, James Cameron. James Cameron Ooh, hit me up. Perfect. Um, <laughs> for some reason, you get scuba certified and your scuba lessons occur at the same place where you would go to drink cucumber water at the day spa. This is where he meets Josh Gad. Josh Gad is his scuba instructor. So yes. this is your first act. Are you ready for your, your second act and the second act twist? Yeah. While Don is getting ready to do his dives with Josh Gad. Atlantis is under attack by thought to be extinct Atlanteans who swarmed the entire day spa. <laughs> Your movie is Don Cheadle and, and Josh Dad fighting off Atlanteans and securing the park safety for Disney. Boom. What's it called? What's the title? What's, it's called uh, Night and Day Spa, <laughs> the found city of Atlantis. I, I like it. I like it. I have two bits too, two recurring jokes that that happen throughout the entire movie. Okay, hit me. So, Don is trying to fight off these Atlanteans. Yep. And he's he's always trying to grab scuba gear to go fight them out out of water. Sorry, out of the day spa. But Josh Gad is always like, "No, you can't take the scuba gear because you're not certified so, yet." <laughs> so is Josh Gad. He's like, he's like a stickler. He's a stickler. I love he's it. a stickler for the scuba diving rules. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, Josh Gad actually can't swim. <laughs> So Don is always getting mad at him. He's like, what, what do you mean you're a scuba diver, but you don't know how to swim? And he's like, well, it's different. I'm diving, not swimming. So wait, so he can he can dive underwater. Like he could do the paddling underwater just fine. But if he's at the surface, he can't properly swim. He can't swim. That's correct. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's really good. So that's, that's what I got. <laughs> that's amazing. What was the name? Night and Day Spa? Uh, an Atlantis adventure? Atlantean adventure? Is that what you called it? Close enough. Yeah, Close sure. Enough. Uh, night, night and Day Spa. The found city of Atlantis. Got it. Love it. All right. Are you ready for mine? Uh, I am. Just to clarify, uh, that's a comedy. Yes. It sounds. It sounds like a, a a good comedy. I want. I want to see it personally. I I'd pay admission price. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm ready. <clears throat> All right. I'm ready for uh for my for this adventure. My movie makeup last week. Rip gave me the criteria of uh, an actor known by the name of Luke Wilson who we haven't seen. I think he's doing stuff, but I haven't seen one of his movies in a very long time. Uh, The location, Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, And the thing is that Luke believes he can communicate with Jesus Christ. So (laughs) I had to do some research about like Salt Lake City, Utah. And then as soon as I read the first page on Wiki, I I had the idea. Like it just came to me. So Luke Wilson plays Todd, a department store manager turned televangelist anti-hero. So He's going to play one of those mega church televangelists eventually. Basically, the story starts one day, Todd wakes up with a familiar face sitting in his living room. It's Jesus Christ. Yes, that Jesus Christ. And it's played by none other than Vince Vaughn. Because who else is going to play Jesus Christ in this movie with Luke Wilson? Um, 
And then, like, I want Vince Vaughn's character, like, I want it to be very much aware and apparent that, like, he knows. He's like, yeah, Jesus wasn't probably a white guy. Like, he, that's going to be an ongoing <laughs> bit in it as Vince Vaughn. That's a good bit. Yeah. That's a good bit. So, basically, what happens is that Jesus gives Todd a new purpose in life. He wants him to move to Salt Lake City, Utah, to become a mega-famous televangelist and take down the Church of Latter-day Saints from within, whose headquarters are conveniently <laughs> located in, you guessed it, Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> So yeah, basically he's gonna go on a mission because I don't know if you've seen the uh, John Oliver uh, recap of like televangelism and stuff like that and like how shady that stuff is and how much they prey on like weak-minded people and stuff. But basically, Luke Wilson plays an antihero to take down those people <laughs> from within. <laughs> those people. Yeah. Uh, I have a did, <laughs> what? No, I was gonna say, do you, do you have some bits for me? Yeah. So I I, I was thinking that maybe um. Maybe this could become the JCU, which is the, 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 the Jesus cinematic universe. And maybe it's like a multiverse where like everyone has their own Jesus that comes to them and like <laughs> play by different actors and stuff. I don't know. But one of my gags is that uh, I only have one line that I, I just want Luke Wilson to, to say this because it's so Wil Luke Wilson. At some point, he's going to get super sappy and just say, I think it's just something I have to do, you know? Because that's why oh, he, that was good. he says that in every I, movie he's ever been in. I, I literally saw you transform into Luke Wilson when you said that. That was so perfect. <laughs> All right. So that's that's mine. And uh, the title for this one is Todd 316. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to get you with my title, but I think I think yours might actually win. I'm glad that we add a title to the mix for these things. Uh, okay do you want me to read off what i got for you next time yes definitely give me what you got for next time okay so uh we're gonna go with actresses this time like it i got maya rudolph and ellie kemper okay uh their location is going to be in wyoming so this is another state i want you to learn a lot of fun facts for me i almost had luke <laughs> wilson's journey starting in wyoming that's where i was going to place him <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot about um i guess united states geography just based on this game <laughs> So the thing, uh, I'm going to go with, um, and just to recap, the thing can be a gag, a flaw, uh, an object, or a specialty. Yes. I'm going to go with a gag again. Okay. Uh, Maya Rudolph used to date Randy Bachman from Canadian rock band BTO. <laughs> I would like you to work that into the movie, please. <laughs> Bachman Turner Overdrive, are you kidding me? Okay. I like it. I like that. All. Okay, that criteria, I'm not going to lie, is way better than mine this week. I... Um, I slacked a bit. I didn't come up with my criteria until today. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you Carl Urban because I've been rewatching The Boys and I, I just really love Carl Urban. He's great. Uh, okay. <laughs> the location, Sydney, Australia, just because it makes sense. And the thing, I, I went with an object here, a hook hand. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be Carl, Carl Urban's character's hook hand. It just like, A hook hand has to come into play at some point in time during <laughs> the movie so you're telling me i could i could steal a gag i guess from guardians of the galaxy where i just have carl <laughs> take someone else's hook hand for no reason at all i mean if you want because it's it, funny if you want to go that way yeah absolutely you're you're, right, you're more excited. than welcome to do that um i'm ready so we we haven't discussed our movie for next next week but i think we will do that at a later time and then i will just uh put in a little bit here that tells uh, everybody what movie we're going to do next week Hi everybody, it's Chaps. Uh, I'm just going to plug in the movie we're doing next week right here. Next week we'll be covering 2018's Holmes and Watson. So that's the end of the episode. If you guys out there want to send us any suggestions, feedback, or maybe you want to get in on the movie making yourself, send anything to thescreenwriters at gmail.com. That's thescreenwriters at gmail.com. All right. Bye, everyone. See you.